Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Hey, we're, we're, we're at home. Man, nothing to be uptight about, or not yet anyways. Praise God. Luke 7, verse 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharaoh's, the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. He didn't say it out loud. He said it within himself. Have you ever said anything within yourself? Usually the things we say within ourselves can't be spoken without ourselves. People can't handle it. Amen. But Jesus <laughs> Be careful doing that around him. And Jesus, this is so good. And Jesus answering said unto him. He's going to answer. Even those things that you're not brave enough to speak. He's going to answer it. He didn't even say it out loud. He said within himself. And Jesus answered him. In front of everybody. <laughs> That's beautiful. Wow. Some of us need to get a hold of what we're saying. Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? 
I entered into thine house, and thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears, and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Amen. I want to preach to you for the, just a little while on this subject this morning. I am devoted to Jesus Christ. I am devoted to Jesus Christ. Why don't you lay your Bibles down, lift your hands unto the Lord, and just ask Him to speak to you this morning right where you're at. God, I need you this morning, Lord. I need you to speak to my situation, God. Speak to my heart. Speak to my mind, my spirit, Lord. I pray, God, that you would block out every other voice, Lord. I pray, God, that there would be a, 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 an attention that takes your people, captivates your people this morning, God, that you can say what thus saith the Lord. I pray, God, that you would have your will and way and on our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to be understanding of your word. Let your word go, word go forth with clarity and with anointing, and that it would not return void, but it would accomplish all that you've sent it to. And we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands one more time. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise the Lord. We started a new year. The old year has gone. And the new year's here. Amen. This is the first service that I've been in here uh, in the new year. Amen. If this is your first service in 2022, lift your hand. Amen. Praise God. Elbow your neighbor and tell him it's a fresh start. Amen. It's a new year. It's supposed to be anytime the, the old year goes out and the new year comes in, it's supposed to be a time of reflection. Amen. A time, it should be a time of reflection about the year that has gone by and the year that is in the past, the year that you have lived, uh, the decisions that you've made in 2021. We should be pondering the path that we've chosen to walk in the last year. Amen. And, and, and ask ourselves, some hard questions. Uh, is this the path that I want to continue on? Is this the life that I want to live? Amen. Is a lot of people begin to ask themselves, is, is this the body that I want to have in 2022? Nobody wants to smile about that. Amen. Uh, do I really want to continue to eat the way that I've eaten in 2021? Amen. 
Uh, and it's in the reflection of the past year that we begin to ask ourselves hard questions. Amen. And we begin to come up with answers that typically will cause us to want to change. Amen. Typically, it should cause us to want to turn over a new leaf or, or, or wipe the slate clean so that we can set a new path of direction for 2022 in the new year because I'm not happy with the, the circumstances and the situations and the fruit of my life for 2021. So I understand in order to make it different, something has to happen on the inside. I got to begin to uh, begin to contemplate my path. I begin to, begin to, to think about the things that I'm doing and how I'm spending my time and what diet have I been on for the last six months that's caused me to look like a beached whale. I said that through the microphone. Amen. We look at where we're at. If we, the Bible says, let every man examine himself. Amen. And it's in this time that people are examining themselves and they've made New Year resolutions. They should say January resolutions is what they should say. Come on, somebody nod your head. Because we make a resolution for the next year and it ends up being three weeks. Right? I'm going to do better. I'm going to read my Bible more. I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to spend more time this year with the Lord than I ever have. I, I'm going to I'm going to be more disciplined this year than I've ever been. I'm going to I'm going to set aside entertainment and I'm going to focus on what really matters. And the first week goes good, and the second week we start getting tired, and the third week we're like, eh. yeah. Man, those chocolate chip cookies are looking good. Hey, man, you walk by the candy aisle in Dollar General and you're like, everything in the aisle just represents something that you can't have. You can actually smell the chocolate through the wrapper. Right? Amen. We begin to struggle in about the week three and we start failing on the commitment that we made to be different. And then all of a sudden we begin to fall back into the same habits that got us where we are and what got us here in the first place. Amen. Because we don't have the devotion and the discipline and the direction to continue on the path that we've chosen. We lack strength within ourselves. But I'm going to tell you today that this year it's going to be the best year that you've ever had. This year is going to be different. Come on, somebody say it. This year is going to be different than years in the past. I'm not going back. Amen. I told Becca the other night, I said, this is going to be the best year that I've ever had. It's going to be the best year I've ever had spiritually. It's going to be the best year I've ever had physically. And it's going to be the best year I've ever had financially. It's going to be my best year of my 46 years. I can feel it. I can see it. Amen. And I'm going to have the discipline to stay on the right path so that the blessing of the Lord can fall on my life. Somebody say amen. How many know favor is not accidental? Favor is intentional. 
God just don't bless people necessarily because he wants to bless them. He blesses people that put faith in him. Amen. He returns the favor. The blessing of the Lord uh, comes through faith. The Bible tells us that without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. And we understand that faith is not just merely belief. Because you can't believe yourself back into those 34 pants, guys. It's been a long time, huh? You can't, you can't just believe yourself back into a right relationship with God. Come on, somebody. You can't just believe yourself back into the lifestyle that you want to live. What you believe, you've got to make a decision on. Amen. And when you make a decision, there's going to be action required. You're going to have to do some things that dictate what you believe. You're not saved necessarily just by your belief. Yeah, you've got to believe it. But you've got to begin to put your faith to action. You've got to begin to do what you believe. Somebody say amen. Do it. Come on. Do it. It's not enough just to hear it. You got to practice it. It's not enough just to say it. You got to follow through with it. Come on. This is going to be a year where you're going to be tested uh, on all of, uh, of, of the things that you've spoken. You're going to be tested on. But do you have the discipline and the devotion co to continue with God, what God has put on your heart? Somebody say amen. I'm going to make it. Somebody say, I'm going to make it. God rewards faith. Amen. God does not respond to need. He responds to faith. Somebody say faith. He responds to people that believe the word and begin to put it to practice in their life. Amen. I believe that, that our actions dictate what we believe. Amen. I, I believe that, that what we do ultimately decides where we end up. Amen. Some people think, well, they can, uh, they, they've said, the, they, they've repeated the sinner's prayer once or twice. And, and they believe that they can, they can go and they can do whatever they want and they're going to be saved. But that's not the truth. Amen. The truth is that uh, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Amen. And he that, that, that he said, he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. Amen. If you, if you, if you do it God's way, then God's favor will fall on you. Somebody say amen. There was a time when Abraham was the father of faith and God came to him and he said, you're going to have uh, your seed is going to be like the sand on the seashore and it's going to be like the stars in heaven. It's going to, they're, they're going to be innumerable in number. You're, you're going to look upon your seed and you're not going to be able to count them. And, and, and Abraham said, how is that going to be seeing I don't even have a son? Amen. I don't even have a son I don't even have a son to, to, to duplicate himself or multiply himself. How is it that my descendants 
are going to be as the sand on the seashore and as the stars in the heaven. Amen. Has anybody ever tried to count the sand on the seashore? How long would that take? Amen. That's the, that was the promise that was spoken to Abraham. Amen. It's going to be like the sand on the seashore and like the, the stars in heaven. Amen. And, and Abraham was, was, was in awe about how that was going to be because him and his wife couldn't have a baby. She was barren and she had no baby and they were, they were getting old and past the time where they could have children. How's this going to be? You've given me a promise, but it hasn't come to pass in my life. Amen. But the Lord kept good on his promise. How many know that he came to Abraham when Abraham was over a hundred years old and, 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 and Sarah was 90 years old and said through the time of life, Sarah's going to conceive and have a baby and he's going to be that promised child and it was so it was so ludicrous and and out of the ordinary that Sarah heard the words that the angel of the Lord was speaking and she laughed out loud <laughs> oh that's funny I'm 90 years old how am I going to have some babies amen the Bible says that the angel looked at Abraham and said why does Sarah laughing Sarah said, I didn't laugh. People are crazy. Amen. I didn't laugh. Yeah, you did. You laughed. Amen. I heard you. I'm the angel of the Lord. You think I don't know when you're laughing at the promise. Amen. But the Bible says that through the, through the process of time that, that Sarah conceived and had a son and called his name Isaac. And there was a day when, when God came to Abraham and he said, I want you to take your son, your only son, and I want you to go to yonder mountain, and I want you to sacrifice him to me. How many of you have never heard this story? I want you to sacrifice him to me. Abraham loaded up the wagon, got the troops together, got his son got everything he needed to build an altar, got everything he needed for the fire, got everything he needed for, for, to, to build an altar according to how he was taught uh, by God. And, and he went to yonder mountain. And as they're traveling, Isaac looks at his daddy and he says, Dad, we got everything, but where's the sacrifice? <laughs> you it. He didn't, he said, the Lord will provide. Come on, the Lord will provide. Because it's not my, it, it's not my place to decide what the word is for my life, but it's my place to obey it and depend on God for the increase. Come on. It's not my, 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 uh, my place to try to figure everything out and, and try to work it all out in my mind. But the word that he's given me, it's my responsibility to follow through and obey it. Amen. How many know that the Lord has, has a, has a plan and a purpose for 
for every word that he's given us in our lives. Everything that he asks you to walk away from, there's a reason for it. Everything he tries to pull you out of, there's a reason for it. Every word that he's given you for things to do that you don't understand, there's a reason for it. You may not understand it here, but know this, that he declares the ending from the beginning. He sees the end of your life before you were even born. He knows what needs to happen for the right end to come and for you to end up at the right place. Somebody say amen. He knows. Abraham got everything, built the altar, got ready time to sacrifice Isaac. God's silent. God's not saying anything. He's already gave Abraham a command. He already told him what to do. It's Abraham's responsibility to operate in faith. Amen. To do what God said. Amen. So he takes his son. He binds him to the altar. Binds him, puts him on the altar. Amen. Uh, Isaac's like, Dad, what's going on? Have you lost your mind? Come on. What are we doing here? I don't. Me? Yeah, yeah. This is what God told me to do, son. God's going to provide. Just, just trust me. I've heard from the Lord. God will provide. He'll do what he said. He'll be faithful. He'll be faithful. Amen. And the Bible says that he got the dagger. And he'd already purposed in his heart that I'm going to slay my only son, the promise, the one that was born through my barren wife, the miracle child. I'm going to do what God has asked me to do because God asked me to do it and he knows what I don't know. And he took the knife and as he drew back to thrust it into the chest of his son, the angel of the Lord showed up. And he said, stay thy hand. But because you're willing to do this thing, read it. Because you're willing to do this thing, your seed is going to be as the sand on the seashore and as the stars in the heavens. Hold on a minute. Didn't he already give him that prophecy? Yeah, but if Abraham wouldn't have followed through in faith and did what God was asking him to do, the promise would have been lost. The plan would have been lost. Abraham had to exercise faith in what God was saying. Somebody say amen. Well, how does this fit? How does it fit? He said, because thou hast done this thing. As Brother Michael was preaching last week, I was, I was sitting by the fireplace wishing I could be here. And I had my Bible out and I was following along as he was preaching. And I got a revelation. When the Lord said, because thou hast done this thing, because you were willing to sacrifice the promised child. Because you were willing to do what I said. Even when you didn't understand it. This is what's going to happen. Your seed is going to be 
as the sand and as the stars. And as I was listening to him preach, I began to see what the Lord was trying to show me is that it wasn't necessarily the seed of Isaac that God was honoring. It was the seed of sacrifice. Because Abraham was willing to give what was dearest to him. That seed was going to be planted and multiply. Amen. Because God, the favor of God doesn't just fall on people just because they want it to. Come on. The blessing of the Lord don't just fall on people because they want it to. Spiritual giftings don't just fall on people. Uh, uh, anointings don't just fall on people. Come on. Healings don't just fall on people. It happens when somebody's purposed in their heart to trust God above everything else. To trust His Word above everything else. Come on. When we put faith in what God says... It is a seed of faith. How many know that seed of faith produced Jesus? <laughs> Amen. Think about it. Because, because Abraham was willing to do his part. His sacrifice. People probably thought, man, that, that dude is nuts. Let's be real about it. God wouldn't ask you to do that. He probably got on the phone. I, I'm making this up. This is not enough. He probably got on the phone and said, Hey, Fred. That's his next door neighbor. Hey, Fred. I, you're never going to believe what God asked me to do. He asked me to sacrifice my son. What? That's nonsense. Man, you're not hearing from God. That's not the voice of God. You just, you don't have to do that. God don't expect that. I'm going to tell you right now, Fred don't know what God's saying to Abraham. Amen. If he's not in touch with sacrifice himself, he don't understand sacrifice. He don't understand the altar of God. He don't understand the blessing of the Lord and how it works and how we got to lay our own minds down and pick up the mind of God and begin to see things through the eyes of the, of the God in heaven and the creator of of all things you got to trust the voice and the word of the lord don't depend on fred because fred don't know what he's talking about if god asks you to put something on the altar put it on the altar amen I believe that this year is going to be a year of sacrifice. It's going to be a year of devotion. It's going to be a year where we lay aside everything else and we put the main thing, the main thing. We put the main thing, the main focus. And the main focus is I got to have direction for my life. I got to know that the path that I'm on is the path that he wants me to be on. I got to know that the path that I'm trotting is the path that's going to lead me to heaven. Come on, somebody. If I'm not on it now, I want to get on it. If I haven't booked my ticket for that train, I'm going to book it now. Somebody say amen. Amen. It's going to be a year of devotion. I'm not scaring anybody, am I? Has anybody ever planted a seed? Planted a seed. You plant a seed, 
and you depend on the process, right? You take it, you put that seed in nice warm earth. It's got a lot of nutrients in it. You plant it in that ground, and you put some water on it, and you wait. Somebody say, wait. At first, you can't see whether or not anything is happening in that seed or on that seed. You, you, can't, you can't visually see it. You've got to trust it to the ground. Amen. You've got to trust it to the process. You've got to trust it to the way that God created it to work. Come on, somebody. You've got to trust it. That's the way faith is. Faith is a seed. He said if you have the faith, the grain of a mustard seed. Come on. If you just have the uh, faith that's big, and, big as a mustard seed. Come on. If you're willing to plant that seed. If you're willing to, 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 to plant that seed in the ground. If you're willing to do, uh, uh, operate in faith according to that seed. You, you, you plant that seed and that seed will grow into the biggest of all herbs. Come on. It will become something. But you got to have the faith to plant the seed. Come on, somebody. you got to trust the process. Somebody say, trust the process. You put it in the ground, it looks like nothing's happening. Days go by. There's no sign of life. There's no sign of anything coming to pass. There's no sign of anything that God promised. You just look at it, and, and some people walk away from the seed and leave it, and, and, and they don't see the miraculous happen because they give up on the process. The first thing I want you to know, that when you plant the seed, you have to wait for it to come to fruition. you got to wait to see the result. Come on. It doesn't happen immediately. It doesn't happen the next day. It doesn't happen maybe even the next week. But if you hold on and you keep watering that seed and trusting the faith in God works, I'm here to tell you that one day it will break through the ground and it will become something in your life. Somebody say amen. That seed that Abraham planted was the seed that saved all of us. Because he planted that seed of faith. We're here this morning. How many know that we are the children of Abraham through faith in Jesus Christ? Amen. How many know that it's through the lineage of Abraham that Jesus came through, which is our Messiah or our Savior? Amen. But how many know that he was planted in the ground also? He was planted as the seed of faith in the ground. And on three days, it only took three days for him. And he was resurrected and rose again with all power and all authority. Amen. Sitting on the right hand of God with all power in heaven and in the earth. And it's through faith in his name that we're saved. Somebody say amen. So you see a seed when it's planted. Abraham's seed of faith. When it was planted, it had in it Mike Ryder, Benny Nab. Come on. Sonny, it had, it had your name. It had your name in it. Amen. In the seed. It was all in the seed. It was in the seed that was planted by faith. Amen. It wasn't what he wanted to do. It wasn't how he wanted to live. It wasn't something that he wanted to give up. It wasn't something that he was even willing to give up. But it was God's word. And so when he saw that it was God's word, he planted it in faith. And I'm going to tell you right now, you can't outdo the return that comes to you when you put your faith in God's word. It will do exceeding abundantly above the wall that we can ask or think. It will save you and your family. Somebody say amen. You plant an apple seed, 
everything that's in the, the seed comes forth in a tree. Tree spreads out. It's got all kinds of branches. Produces apples. Every one of those apples has seeds in it. Amen. I heard somebody say one time, you can count the number of, of, of seeds in an apple, but you can't count the number of apples in a seed. Because you plant one seed. Come on. You plant one seed of faith. You, you, you plant one seed in the ground and there's no telling what it might become. There's no telling who it might save. Come on. There's no telling what, what it might bring to fruition in your life. All God's asking you to do is trust Him and do what He's asked you to do and let Him take care of the rest. Trust the process and God will be faithful. He'll be faithful. God's faithfulness was released when Abraham planted the seed. Somebody say, God always purposed to, to, to give him that son and, to, and for, for his son to be the promise. What, what if Abraham wouldn't have been willing to sacrifice Isaac? That changes things. Now all of a sudden, there's a limit to what you'll give God. Come on, there's a limit to, to what he can ask of you. Amen. And if there's a limit to what he can ask of you, then you're exercising your own mind and your own discretion over what God's saying and what his will is for your life. Come on. You're overriding his word for your life. And if you override his word for your life, that means that you don't have faith anymore and you don't trust him. Well, he's asking for Isaac and Isaac, that's just too much for him to ask. How can he ask me to, to, to sacrifice the very thing that I prayed for for years? I don't know. That's up to him. But if you're faithful in giving him the seed of your faith, it will produce exactly what you desire for it to produce because the promise don't come to pass without faith. Somebody say amen. Elbow your neighbor and tell him, give him what he's asking. Amen. Abraham decided and made up his mind he was going to do what God asked him regardless. It wasn't, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't popular. No doubt his friends thought he was nuts. His servants probably thought he was crazy. Amen. But when the angel of the Lord appeared and he said, stay thy hand, and there was a ram in the thicket, he set up so Abraham could have a sacrifice in place of his son. Come on. In place of Isaac, Isaac didn't have to die. How many know that, that we didn't have to die? Come on. We don't have to die for our own sins. But, but God made provision that there was a ram in the thicket that he sent for Jesus to take the punishment and, and for our sins and take the stripes on his back and the nails through his hands and through his feet and the, the piercing of the side where the blood and water flowed out and the crown of thorns upon his head. He took the cross so that we wouldn't have to. God made provision for our sins because Abraham was willing to, to make provision for the word of God and do what he asked. It didn't happen by accident, but he was intentional. I'm going to fulfill the word of God for my life. There's so much that hangs in the balance. 
What if Abraham would have chose not to? Think about it. We have no idea the people that we influence. No idea. Read the John Maxwell's book on leadership. Every person influences thousands of people without even knowing it. And you think that you're not influential because maybe you're not standing in the front or out in front. But I want to tell you, there are people that look to you. Amen. Elbow your neighbor and tell them there's people that are watching you. People are watching us. They're watching us to see, are we really going to give everything? Come on, Abraham, are you going to look for a way out? Are you going to look for a way out of not giving God your all? Are you going to look for a way out? Because that, the, that seed that you're planting about not giving all, you're passing on to your friends and you're passing on to your coworkers and you're passing on to the people around you because you're really, it doesn't matter what you say you believe, it matters what you do, amen? Because people don't listen to your words if, you're, if your actions don't back up what you're saying. Come on, we have to listen. We have to begin to do what we're saying, practice what we preach. Putting, putting God before everything. Come on. Putting sacrifice uh, Isaac on the altar and saying, you know what? Uh, it's the most important thing to me. God, but if you want it, here it is. Uh, I'm having a hard time letting it go. But I trust uh, that you're going to replace it with what you have purposed. Uh, that you're going to give me what I've always desired to have. That's the faith you got to have. Amen. Somebody say Sacrifice. Devotion is the quality of being devoted. The use of time, money, and energy for a particular purpose. Prayer, worship, or other religious activities that are done in private rather than in a religious service. Devotion is the why I do what I do. Devotion is, explains who I am and what God has done for me. Amen. In the book of, uh, of Luke, chapter 7, we see this woman. The Bible tells us that she was a sinner. That's all it says. There was a certain woman in the city and she was a sinner. And she heard that Jesus was going to be in a Pharisee's house. By the name of Simon. And so she got her alabaster box of ointment. And she took it down to the house where Jesus was at. And this was not something that was uh, uh, just on a whim. I believe that she had planned this. I believe that she had waited for the opportune moment to, 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 to get a, an opportunity at Jesus where that she could, she could do this act of worship and she could give him this act of service and sacrifice. She, she made her way down to Simon's house and she knew that there would be a lot of people there that, that knew her. Amen. They, if they're in the city, living in the same city she's living in, they knew who she was. The Bible uh, speaks of Mary as being a harlot. Amen. Uh, Mary Magdalene is who they're talking about. She, she, was, she was one of the closest followers of Jesus. She, uh, she, she's the one when he was at 
Mary and Martha's house that Martha was doing all the work and, 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 and she was busy and careful about everything around her. And, and Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and Martha comes in and says, uh, Lord, would you bid her to help me? Doesn't she, don't you care that I'm left to serve you alone? And Jesus said, let her alone, Martha, because Mary has chosen that good part that shall not be taken away from her. Amen. In the midst of everything to do, Mary had a, had a way of finding a, a, a desire for the Lord. Amen. Her, her sole desire when he was around was to be with him and to hear the words of his mouth and to spend time with him. She had a heart to serve him. While Martha was running around making food and, 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 and cutting up potatoes and, and readying the meat and washing the dishes and sweeping the floor, Mary was, was sitting at the feet of Jesus just waiting for the words of life. I, how many know that we can be a little bit more like Mary? Amen. We can be a little more focused uh, on what's most important in the year to come. Somebody say amen. Mary made her way to the house. She comes in and no doubt she could hear the murmuring of the people, the men in the building. She was a woman with a bad reputation. Made a lot of bad decisions. Done a lot of bad things. No doubt she had a guilty conscience to go with it. Amen. But she was broken. She was broken. She came to the Lord. Because Jesus had taken her hand and accepted her when nobody else would. He pulled her close when everybody else pushed her away. Amen. He understood where she was coming from and had mercy for the things that she had done, the place that she had been and the mistakes she had made. He had pulled her close. He had done more for her than anybody had ever done. Amen. He had delivered her from devils. Amen. He had healed her from the hurt. He had given her a purpose in life. Amen. He had given her a hope for her future and for tomorrow. Amen. And here she comes with this alabaster box of ointment. She's coming for one purpose. I got to get to the Lord. I got to show him how much he means to me. I got to show him how he's most important to me. He's more important than anything. She goes through the room and as she's walking through the room, uh, she can hear, no doubt, the, the, the snide comments and uh, what is she doing here and where does she think she's going and she's not welcome here and, and all these self-righteous people that are sitting with Jesus and taking meat. Mary realized who he was. She knelt down behind him and she began to weep. She began to weep. Amen. You know, there's times where the presence of the Lord, I was driving home from work yesterday, and the presence of the Lord filled that car so greatly. And, and I began to think about His goodness and all that He's done for me and and. How, how, how that I, I should have been killed two and a half years ago in an accident. I, I shouldn't even be alive, but he spared me. 
how that he has blessed my family with health and how that he has kept his hand upon me over the years, even in times when I didn't deserve it. He, he never turned me away at every moment that I've been broken and made the wrong decision and every time that I've failed and I begin to just worship the Lord and begin to feel a thankfulness that come over me and all of a sudden I begin to weep because that's what broken people do. If you find yourself in a place where you can't weep, you're not broken. And if you're not broken, you're not pliable in the hands of the potter. Because Mary was broken, she was willing to give what was the most valuable to her. She's protected it for years. Some people say that it was, a, it was worth a year's wage. An alabaster box of ointment. It would take somebody a year to build up enough money to buy something like that. But she had this box. It was made out of stone. And in it was the most precious of oil, ointment, and perfume. Very precious in those days. She brought it to the house for one purpose. For him. For him, because this life that I have, so we, some of us, we think it's for us. It's not for us. It's for him. And we never truly find the life that we're supposed to live because we think it's about us. And it's not about us. It's about him. And it's when you put your delight in the Lord and what He has purposed for your life, do you really truly find out who you are and your purpose for your life? He said, those that save their life are going to lose it, but those that lose their life for my sake, the same shall find it. There's only one way to find the plan of God for your life, and that's to bring that alabaster box because there's uh, what you have that's more valuable than, than anything else is your life. You have your, your life. Your ability to choose. She came. She, she began to wash his feet with tears. Some people say that the Jewish people would save up their tears. They would cry into a container when they prayed. And they would put them in a bottle. And they would save them. And they were very precious. Amen. And when she came and washed his feet with tears, they say... That she brought a bottle of tears with her and washed his feet with the tears. Not only that she was crying in that moment, but that she had cried. I don't know. But I know that what, since I've known the Lord, I've cried some big tears. And I've cried enough tears to wash somebody's feet with them. Amen. How many know what I'm talking about? And you begin to sob and you begin to pray and you're truly broken before the Lord and, and you've given yourself to Him and the feeling that you get on the inside and the, the feeling of wholeness and healing and fulfillment that you feel on the inside, nothing that this world has can, can compare to it. Amen. And you just, you, 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 it's uncontrollable to your senses and to your emotion. And so when God begins to touch you on the inside, you weep. It's natural. Pastor Bounds says it this way, when God squeezes your heart, juice comes out of your eyes. Amen. 
She's weeping before him. And she breaks that alabaster box of ointment. And she pours the contents of that ointment upon his feet. And she begins to anoint his feet with that alabaster box of ointment. Once the box is broken, the ointment has to be used. Amen. Which is a representation. I know it's getting late and, and I've been preaching a long time. Just stay with me one couple more minutes. It's a representation that you can't withhold part of yourself. Amen. That if you're truly broken before the Lord, that you have to truly allow yourself to be broken in a way that you're willing to give it all. Come on, somebody. You're willing to, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm, I'm not my own anymore. I'm bought with a price. I'm, I'm willing to give it all. My money, my, 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 my time, my, my energy, whatever it is he asked for, I'm willing to give it all because he's God and I'm not. And he's the potter and I'm the clay. Come on, somebody. And when you're willing to give everything that you have, it releases a faithfulness from God where he's willing to give everything that he has. When you give what you have, all of a sudden there'll be a favor that settles upon your life that you never experienced before because the seed of sacrifice always always follows with it the faithfulness of God and the favor of God for your life. You can't ask God for it. you got to prove to God that you want it. And how you get it is laying yourself on the altar of God and saying, I'm truly, totally, completely broken before you. I'm nothing without you. Stay with me all around the building. Devotion. Devotion is giving everything to the Lord. <laughs> giving it all to Jesus. He's the potter. And I'm the clay. How many want to be this year what God has called you to be? Amen. I want... I want to grow this year more than I ever have. Amen. How many want that for your life? Amen. You want, you want, to, you want to go where you didn't go last year? You want, to, you want to exceed where you've been. You want, to, you want to take the next step for what God has for you. It's a decision. It's a simple decision. I'm going to put God first. I'm going to put him first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way. And he said, all these things will be added. What is all these things? It's the things that this world has that we seek for, that we think we need so much. The, them, those things in and of themselves cannot please us. But when we seek God first, He makes sure that we have everything that we need. All we got to do is put Him first. Devotion is not easy, it's hard. 
It's a commitment. It's a commitment to God. It's a covenant that I'm going to do my part. I failed in the past. Come on, how many can feel me? But I'm going to do my part. I'm making a commitment. My life never changed until I made a commitment. And I stood by the commitment, even when it wasn't showing any fruit. Come on, you got to trust the process. It works, it changes lives, it heals families. It saves generations. Come on, there's no telling how far your sacrifice might reach. There's no telling how far your commitment might reach. Who, you, whose life you might be able to influence because you gave it all. Devotion has challenges. We've all faced them in life. It takes a commitment to follow through on your promise. You know, me and Becca have been married for 22 years in April. I don't regret one moment of it. She's the love of my life. I don't know what I would do without her. She's there for me. Nobody else is. But we've had some hard times. We've had some fights. You don't stay married for 22 years by giving up on your commitment. There's been times, I'm sure, where she has been tempted to walk away. Or maybe not to fulfill the covenant to me that that she made in the hard times when things don't seem to be going just right it's not necessarily about how I feel it's about the promise come on somebody because a promise a covenant goes far deeper than just words it's actions and when I'm faced with walking away from that covenant, I remember the covenant. And I remember her. And how much I love her. And I remember those children. And how much I love those children. And I think, if I was to violate that, I violate all of this. Because it's a tree. The seed of faith is a tree. And it will grow into something that you never thought it could be. There will be, there will be people that run under it and try to hide from the, from the snare of this world. Come on, somebody. There will be people that run and try to find stability. And they'll find it in you because you're a person that understands how to keep your promise. Why do you think Abraham, God tested Abraham, the Bible says. The Bible says God tempted him. But God don't tempt anybody. The word there is tested. He tested him. I know I've been a long time. 
Why do you think God tested him in that way? Think about it for just a moment. I believe when God tested Abraham in that way, he was asking him, can I, can I trust you? Can I, can I really, can I trust you? Can I trust you with the anointing? Can I trust you with what's real? Because if you're willing to bypass the process, I can't trust you with the fruit of the tree. Come on, somebody. There's something bigger at work here. It's not just about us. It's about him and his plan for our life. If he can't trust you to walk away from the, the beggarly things of this world, the beggarly elements of this world, all the things that this world has to offer, if he can't trust you to walk away from that, can he trust you with the promise? This year is going to be proof. We're going to give it to the Lord. I'm going to give it to the Lord. I am. I'm going to give him my all. I've made up my mind. The places I've held back on, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give my energy and my effort, everything to the call of God on my life. Come on, to the plan of God and the plan of purpose on my life. And I want to help you. I want to help you to give your all. I do. But it begins with a commitment. It begins with a commitment. I'm going to ask you this morning, if you, this is going to be the best year of your life, and you're going to give your whole self to God, I want you to come. I want you to come and stand in the front. Come on, it shouldn't be a hard decision. I'm giving it. I'm not saying that you haven't given it in the past. But you're saying by stepping out of your seat this morning, I'm going to go where God is calling me to. I want to see what that tree can become. Come on. I want to see it. I want to live it. I want to become it. Come on, come in close. Come on, Luke, move on up here. Come up here with me. Right now, let's just lift our hands, everybody in the building, and let's pray a prayer of commitment right now. God, I understand the words of the preacher this morning. And I understand, God, to go to a place I've never been, i got to be willing to do things that I've never done i got to be willing to give up what you're asking me for and things that I've never given up. i got to be willing to walk away from things that I've never walked away from, that I've held on to, Lord. But I lay it on the altar this morning. And I tell you today, I make a commitment to you, God. I'm going to put you first. I'm going to put you first in my life. And I'm going to depend on you, God, for the increase. I'm going to depend on you, God, for everything else. I'm going to put you first in my world. I'm going to put you first in my family. I'm going to put you first, Lord, in my finances. I'm going to put you first, Lord, with my energy and my time, God. I'm going to put you first, Lord, in my affections and my emotions. I'm going to put you first.
I want to live the way that you've called me to live, God. I pray a prayer, Lord, right now, protection over every person that's praying this prayer today, Lord. I pray that your faithfulness would fall upon them, that you would give them the courage, Lord, the stability, God, that they need in this hour. I pray, God, that you would cover them, that you would undergird them with strength and cause them to be able to do. God, give them faith, Lord, the faith that can move mountains, the faith to plant that seed that will change their life forever. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let's just sing for a moment. Come on, just feel after the Lord. The presence of the Lord is in this place today. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.